Praise the Lord. Well, good morning again. If you have your Bibles, if you would go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. And we'll begin reading at verse number 3. 2 Corinthians verse number 1. We'll begin reading with verse 3. Paul begins, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us, in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same suffering we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you'll share in our comfort. Let's read a few more verses, get a little background of where Paul's coming from. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. And on Him we've set our hope that He will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in the answer to the prayers of many. Talk a few minutes this morning. Thankful for God's comfort. Thankful for God's comfort. Father, we thank you for your word. Ask your Lord to speak to our hearts and help us to grasp and understand the great comfort you offer us and help us to receive it for this fight of faith that we're all going through. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Man, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. The city of Corinth was a very prominent Greek city. It um, guilty and struggled with many of the same similar problems of today's prominent cities. There was materialism and immorality. There was um, intellectual religious arrogance. There was vice and there was violence. And um, Paul addresses these different situations that the church was going through. But throughout this letter, we see a key word that appears again and again. And that's the word comfort. This word comfort, um, the verb is used about 18 times, the noun about 11 times throughout this letter. Now, Bible comfort is um, to be able to stand alongside and give strength and to give health, help and to give encouragement. Paul writes these words from experience. He had learned something I believe that all of us that know the Lord for any amount of time have learned. That throughout this life, There is no trial, there is no suffering, there is no hardship, there is no battle that could ever separate the Christian from the Father's care, regardless of how severe. In fact, we we should all be familiar with Paul's um, words to Romans 8, where he writes, I am convinced, somehow persuaded, I like convinced, I am convinced, Paul said, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, 
neither the present nor the future or anything in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Man, that's comforting. Amen? That's comforting. Now, Paul begins with verse number 3, and he begins with a type of a a doxology, an expression of praise. He begins in verse 3, Praise or blessed be to God. Praise unto God. He couldn't sing about his circumstances, but he could sing about the God who was in control of his circumstances and who was working even through the hardest of circumstances. Because Paul knew something that we should know, that discouragement is no respecter of persons. You could be a great apostle. You, you, could, you could have degrees out the ear, but you're going to face it in this life regardless of who you are. But Paul learned that praise was an important part, a real factor in keeping the victory in this life and in rising above setbacks and responding to the discouragements that we all deal with. For Paul was, he was down, but he wasn't out yet. And and when you know how to encourage yourself in the Lord, when you know how to praise Him in the good times and in the bad, when you know how to uh, make available to yourself the comfort of God, that divine resource of grace, when you know how to do that, you can face any trial you can go through any storm you can come out the other side as greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world now Paul begins in verse 3 praise be to God number one we praise him because he is God he's holy and he's awesome and he's wonderful and he's worthy he's almighty we praise him for this is a God that in the past chose us in Christ This is the God that rescued us from our old life of sin, that made us new creatures, that washed us in His blood, and then clothed us in His right. We praise Him for what He's done in the past, and we praise Him for what He has declared and promised to do in the future, that He's given us an inheritance that will never spoil, fade, or drift away. We have an inheritance, a living hope, that is as secure as God Himself. We praise God for what He's done in our our past. We praise God for what He's promised about our future. But we praise God because He's a right now God. We praise God for in this present moment, He is holding us and He is keeping us and He is ordering our steps. We praise our God for Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And the One that saved me is the One that's keeping me. And the One that rescued me is the One that's strengthening me. I can praise Him in the midst of the trial. I can praise Him in the midst of the circumstance because He is the God that comforts me in my present setting. He is the God that works all things together for my good. He is the God that watches over us and takes good and constant care of us. He supplies our needs. He orders our steps and He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul begins, verse 3, praise be to God. He just said, I've gone through such a trial and such a hardship that me, the Apostle Paul, I almost feared it was over. I didn't think God was going to bail me out. He went through some stuff and this is being written not by some weak, feeble Christian, by a general of the faith. So Paul says, I learned though, even in the midst of the most trying times, I want to praise Him because God is God and He's good and He's faithful, but not stopping there. I want to praise Him because He's the 
God that sent Jesus, he goes on, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The only reason we can call God Father this morning is because Jesus Christ came and went to an old cruel cross and took upon Himself your sin and my sin. Shed His blood. He broke the barrier between us and a holy God. He reconciled us to our Father. He made us sons and daughters of the living God. I want to praise Him this morning that He sent Jesus to do for me what I could never do for myself. He paid the price for my sins. Has He paid the price for your sins? Bless Him. Bless Him. Paul just begins verse 3. Praise be to God because He is God. Faithful God. Holy God. The Almighty God. Praise Him because He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to take my place, to pour out His blood that I might be forgiven and I might be made whole. Praise Him. Verse 3 goes on. Because He is the Father of compassion or mercies. They're new every morning. And the source of mercy is God. In the Hebrew, the Father means He's the originator. The mercies flow from Him. The God that is great in love and rich in mercy. We go through it, but we have a God that is so rich in mercy, it never ceases to stop that flow. And then he finishes up in verse 3. Praise Him, because He is the God of all comfort. Before we get started, I want to thank God for His comfort of salvation. Thanksgiving is coming up. Before you thank Him for your new boat, thank Him that your soul is going to heaven and not to hell. Come on, say amen. Before we thank Him for all these things that moth, dust, and rust will destroy and take away, let's praise Him for some things that hell can't steal and the world can't take away. Come on! Say amen. It's about time we get radical and start thanking the Lord, praising the Lord. We get frustrated over stupid things, but I think we ought to take back a good inventory of what we have in Jesus Christ. Let the world think we're nuts. We are nuts compared to them. They're lost, but we're found. They're blind, but we can see. And we're a people of praise and a people of thanksgiving. Because we once were lost, but now we're found. We once were damned, but now we're saved. We once didn't know where we were headed, but now we know we are secure in Jesus. Hallelujah to His name forevermore. I want to praise Him. I want to give God thanks for the comfort of salvation. When you're a child of God and you know you're saved, you know that you know. If you die right now, you'll open your eyes in glory. You know that you know you've received Christ and you're living for Jesus Christ. Then it says that we are forgiven. Oh, the comfort of salvation. It assures us we are forgiven. Our sins, our lawless deeds, He remembers no more. Hallelujah. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Why? Because the blood, the blood, the blood has washed us and cleansed Don't lose any more sleep over what you did years ago. The blood has cleansed you. The blood has washed you. And God the Father, the only one that can condemn, He says, I condemn thee no more because you're forgiven. 
That's the comfort of salvation. It speaks of we are forgiven. It speaks that we are accompanied. That He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. You're never alone. You don't have to fear tomorrow because God, the living God, walks with you into all of your tomorrows. He holds us and He keeps us and He walks with me and talks with me. I give God praise for the comfort of salvation. It says I'm forgiven, but it says I am accompanied by God every step of the way. Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I want to praise God this morning for the comfort we have that no matter what we face, we do not face it alone. But our God is with us. Our God goes before us. And in Him we have strength. I praise Him because forgiven and accompanied and I am secure. What a thought. What a relief. What a peace that comes when we know that Jesus Jesus Himself holds us in the palm of His hand and there's nothing that can snatch us out. We are secure. The stock market can crash. We are secure. Men can walk out on us. We are secure. The world can throw us in their prisons. But we are secure because we have the comfort of this great salvation. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Christians ought to be excited. Sometimes we act like he never come out of that tomb. My Lord, have mercy. <laughs> That's all right. I can't say amen. Say out. You know I don't care either way. Glory to God. My Lord. Let's get to the text. Are you ready? Let's study the Bible. Number one, God comforts his people. First thought, God comforts his people. But when I get to the second thought, which is God's comfort is adequate. Completely sufficient for His people. So if we don't get there, just remember that. God comforts His people. Oh, what a thought. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Here it is. Who comforts us? God comforts us. This is something God does. This is something we can expect. This is something that we can depend on and we can receive. This is God's will for you. This is God's pleasure towards you. It's your privilege. It's your promise. It's your blessing. God comforts you. You can face anything and go through anything life throws at you because God is your comforter, your strength, the one that walks alongside you. Now, what is what is Bible comfort? Bible comfort is to stand beside a person encouraging and helping him or her in their time of trouble. Our English word for comfort comes from two Latin words meaning with strength. With strength. Because we don't want to confuse this word with um, with the uh, um, like pity, or, or or just or just sympathy, a pat on the head. God's comfort does more than pats us on the head. It puts His strength in our hearts, and it's with that strength we can go on in the face of our circumstances. We can go on and do His will even when things aren't easy. We can go on and overcome even when the odds are against us. Now, there is an element of consolation in this Word. But but it's, it's much more than that. Bible comfort, this beautiful, precious work of the Holy Spirit, it's a coming alongside, helping, encouraging, giving strength and courage that enables the child of God to cope 
and to prevail in the face of anything life throws at them. Bible comfort. Now, why does God comfort us? Verse 4. Why does God comfort us? Three and four, really. Number one, number one, because He loves us. Because He loves us. He's the Father of compassions. He is the Father of mercies. And we ask ourselves, why does God comfort us? Number one, because God loves us. God loves you. God loves you before you even knew Him. God loves you. Before you ever wanted to serve you, God loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whosoever will, you don't have to perish. You don't have to die in your sin. You don't got to stay condemned and struggling. Whosoever will, if you'll come to Him, He'll save you. He'll forgive you. He'll transform you. Because God loves you. The Bible says that He demonstrated His love. Not while we were trying to be good, but while we were still sinners. He died for us. While we were still in deep rebellion and sin, Jesus went to the cross because He loved us because God loves us. I want you to know this morning, God comforts us because He loves us and God loves you and God cares about your life. God cares about every part of your life. And God wants to help you to live this life. God wants to help you to be healed from the bumps and bruises of this life. God wants to give you strength to walk victoriously in this life. He's not indifferent, nor is He distant. But this God is waiting and this God is willing to encourage any heart and to speak to any life that will come to Him, that will draw near to Him. This is a father's heart. A God who loves the world, but let's go farther. He loves the world. We know that, but oh my, 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 does He ever love His children. There's a whole other measure of the great love of God that goes to those that call in His name. 1 John 3 and 1. 1 John 3 and 1. And how John says it's so wonderful. Oh, how great! How marvelous! Oh, what measure, what manner of love the Father has lavished upon us. Isn't that good? My Lord. Now this is first John. We know John wrote John 3.16. God so loved the world. And He did. He loves the world. He died for the world. But oh, I want you to know, there's a whole other measure of the richness and depth of God's love for you that serve Him. For you that are sons and daughters of God. How great! How great! How marvelous! How wonderful! Oh, how mind-boggling! How great is the love the Father has lavished. Man, He lavished it. He poured it out. God's not cheap. A little dab ain't going to do you when it comes to the love of God. He says, I've lavished it upon thee that we should be called sons of God. John is blown away. Can you imagine that? How great God loved us. We were lost and undone. But oh, what love He has. And that's what we are. That's what we're children of God. That's what we are. Isn't it good? I'm a child of God. Amen? Amen. Woo! You're a child of God. Lord, have mercy. Oh, my he loves you. He loves you personally, intimately, eternally. You see, God's comfort is an overflow of His compassion and of His love. It's not an accident. God comforts us because He loves us. God is willing to comfort you because He loves you. And whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, it's available and it's sufficient and it's abundant. It doesn't run dry. So I ask you this morning, I encourage you this morning, don't shy away or be afraid to bring your trial or to bring your hardship or to bring your hurt to the Lord. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be, don't be timid in trusting the Father of mercy and compassion 
to help you in your time of need, to encourage you and counsel you and comfort you in the midst of your storm and give you the grace you need to make it through. First Peter said it so well in First Peter 5 and 7. He says, no, don't casting all your cares, cast all your anxiety. You know, the new king, cast all your cares, cast them on him. Why? Because he cares for you. We'll read it backwards. Because he cares for you, you can bring your struggles and trials to the Lord. Don't think they're so bad that he'll reject you. Don't think that because you haven't got over him in 20 years, he'll turn you aside. Because he loves us, he desires, and he's willing to comfort us, to stand alongside us, to minister grace to our hearts, to give us what we need to overcome, to become, to endure, to prevail. But oh, the Word of the Lord wants to encourage us. Don't stand back. Draw near and let Him work this work in your life because He cares for me. I am confident that I can cast my cares on Him. If He didn't care for me, I'd be a little skittish. If I didn't know He loved me, I might say, I don't want to bother Him. He'll just get on me. But because I understand how great the love of God is towards them that believe. How great is the love of God upon those that serve Him and seek Him. That is the God that loves us so much it should take away the fear and take away the timidity. Take away the anxiety that we can come boldly and pour out our need and pour out our hurt and cry out to this God and He'll touch us and He'll heal us and He'll help us somebody say amen. amen hallelujah why does God comfort us number one he comforts us because he loves us number two he comforts us because life if lived victoriously for Jesus demands it he comforts us it's part of our divine equipping It's part of these divine resources that God gives us so we can live as more than conquerors. But the fact of the matter is, life, if lived victoriously, demands it. Demands it. As you and I follow Jesus, as we fight this good fight of faith, let's face it, we've got to go through some things. There are things that test us. There are things that buffet us. I didn't say buffet. Pentecostal is good at buffets. I mean, I'm talking about there are things that buffet us. <laughs> there are things that hit us. There are things you didn't see it coming. Takes your wind out. Anybody, come on. Amen. Has anything emotionally ever taken your wind out? You didn't see it coming. Come on, say amen. Or maybe you were getting too aggressive. I remember as a little kid, I'd get my wind knocked out trying to block a punt. You know, seven, eight years old. Lay me out in the middle of the street. Glad a truck didn't run me over. You're diving out and you miss the ball and you get a foot, right? here. You get it right here. Take that window. Has that ever happened to you in life? Sometimes we're just getting too aggressive. Maybe we're running a little too fast and we didn't see it coming. We didn't count the cost. We didn't wait on God's timing. And next thing you know, light just hit us in the soul. Boom! And I can't breathe. My Lord, how did I get here? Help me, Lord. He said, I got comfort. This, this life, if we're to live it victoriously, demands it. Things will test us and buffet us and bruise us. In this Christian experience, things come that we are not exempt from. Jesus warned us, in this world you shall have trouble. But here Paul is reminding us, though we're not exempt from struggles and trials and hardships, God says, I have what you need to make it through. I have divine resources that you can appropriate if you belong to Jesus to give you the grace to go through. 
Paul writes as a man who knows trouble to those who are in trouble. Paul, this great apostle, he's not writing from some ivory tower. He's a man, they stoned him to death. He got back up and went back and preached. I mean, he's something else, man. The snake bites him, he throws the snake in the fire and lays hands on the sick. I mean, this Paul is something else. They put him in prison, he holds a praise conference, amen? I mean, he leaves with a, with a convert in one hand, the keys to the jail in the other. This Paul is something else. But here Paul's saying, listen, I've gone through some things that I didn't think I was going to make it out. I went through a few things and God showed me afterwards, Paul, I'll let you go through it because I want you to learn to Trust me, not just trust in Paul. Because Paul was a pretty tough guy. And sometimes God's got to take us to that place where we'll stop trusting our own wits, start trusting our own experience, and finally say, Lord, i got to trust You. And if you don't think you need to trust Him, just give God some time. He knows how to get your attention and bring you to a place where you say, Uncle Lord, I was wrong, I was wrong. I need You, I need You. Help me, Lord. He knows how to take the strongest man. Yeah. Hallelujah. Paul writes as a man who knows trouble to those who are in trouble. Think of the words that Paul's using in this chapter. Trouble, hardships, sufferings, afflictions, pressures. Pressures. It's a Greek word, philipsis. We talk about that every now and again. Philipsis. Back in the old, old days, like Robin Hood days, those days, ancient England, if the law wanted to make you talk, Amen. They didn't waterboard. What they did is they did it with a philipsis. They would take a huge stone. And as you laid on that, they placed it on your chest. And it would just pressure, pressure, pressure. Paul's saying philipsis. The pressure was crushing pressure. Amen. We think we're going through a little pressure. Amen. I got a ball tire. I got to get it changed. Pressure. No, no, no. Paul said, I'm going through pressure. Amen. I mean, I had some real pressure. Philipsis. So Paul says, even, even those that walk with God, like the great apostle, we go through pressures in this life. But the God of all comfort, He enables us, listen, to go through it without it being so damaged by it. Without being so defiled by it. Without being defeated or maybe shipwrecked by it. Because the function of God's comfort is really twofold. There's a protection and then there's an empowering. It's this comfort, this working of the Spirit through various channels and resources that we'll get to later that gives us courage and gives us strength and gives us an endurance. It's the ability to have a power to press on when others are getting shipwrecked and giving up. But also, it's the working of God's Spirit within us that is like a shield around our heart and our mind and our psyche that when we come through it, we're not like those that don't know God that are gone forevermore because they went through it and couldn't handle it. God gives us grace to go through things that are hard, that are not fair, that are curses of the fall of this age. But He gives us a grace to go through them without them so defiling us and defeating us and shipwrecking our soul. Can somebody say amen? amen. Hallelujah. That's why we're not putting the gun to our head. That's why we're not taking the overdose. Why do you think they do that? They don't have a comforter. Why do you think they do that? 
Because when someone runs out on them and they go through a trial, they have no one to lean on. They have no throne of grace to draw near to. They have no shoulder that is the almighty shoulder to weep and cry. They have no grace that is sufficient. They have no Father of mercies that are new every morning. They don't have what you and I have. And that's why they run. And that's why they give up. And that's why they do all crazy. That's why they hurt themselves. But when we hurt, we have a great physician to go to. When we feel in despair, we have a heavenly Father we can go to. He said, I'm not the Father going to beat you on the head. I'm a Father of mercies and comfort. Hallelujah. I'm not getting too deep for you, am I? You take the overdose. Some of them got voices sing better than the angels and they die in a bathtub. Overdosed. But all that can't find purpose, can't find peace. Others put a gun to their head because they couldn't get over something they went through. And life's not easy and life's not fair. And that's why to live this life victoriously, it demands the comfort of God. Because we can't choose the path we're going to take. And many times we are forced to take paths we would not choose. But if we're going to go through them and come out the other side without being so defiled and so defeated and so broken and so disfigured by life, there is a comforter that keeps us. There is a comforter that cleanses us. There is a comforter that keeps us going. Can you say amen? Why does God comfort us? Why does He reveal Himself to you and I as the God of all comfort who comforts us? Why does He express so clearly and with a heart of grace and affection I yearn to comfort my people because number one, God loves us. Number two, if life lived victoriously, it demands the comfort of God. But number three, so we can pass it on. So we can pass it on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Do we have that PowerPoint slide? If we do, can we see that? So we can pass it on. Hallelujah. Paul writes to us. Hey, look at this in verse 4. Let's look at this together. He comforts us. Praise God. Hallelujah. He comforts us. Has God comforted you? Amen. He comforts us in all our troubles. That means whatever it is, God has no limitations on His comfort. Amen. So that, uh uh-oh, here it is. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. God comforts us so that we can pass it on and comfort others. God doesn't comfort us to make us comfortable, one writer said, but to make us comforters. You see, we're God's vessels. And in the comfort that we receive from God in the encouragement, the grace, the help of God's Spirit that we receive from God, there is an equipping and an imparting that takes place within us that gives us something to pass on. Listen, if you've gone through some stuff and you came through it on the other side and you're still with the Lord and you're still with it, you have something to pass on to someone else. You have tapped into a grace that others can't explain. You've received a touch from heaven that God says it's unique to the situation. It's unique to the hardship. But it's something of my spirit. Take it, but don't hoard it. Pass it on to someone else going through a similar thing. 
One result of all this is that we gain the power to comfort others who are going through it. Paul claims that the things which have happened to him and the comfort he has received have made him able to be a source of comfort to others. If you've gone through it, one of the things you need to ask is, Lord, how can I use it for your glory? There might be someone else out there tossing and turning like I did all those nights until I got the victory. There might be someone else out there. And Lord, if I could be used to be your vessel, to give them comfort, to give them hope, to speak a word of strength to them, oh God. Like Jesus feeding the multitudes. And he did it, but he did it through his disciples. Remember, he said, you feed them. We, us, us, we. How are we going to do that? Well, take it from me. Receive from me. And then give it to them. Pass it on to them. God comforts his people. We covered what is Bible comfort. Number two, why does God comfort us? And now number three, how does God comfort us? Well, what are some of the channels? We just covered three of them. But what are some of the channels that God uses to stand alongside us, encourage us, and help us, and strengthen us, minister grace to us? Number one is by His Spirit. Jesus said, I won't leave you as an orphan. I will send the Comforter. And not just to be on you, but we be in you and to be with you forever. He'll comfort you. He'll strengthen you. He's the helper. He's the counselor. He'll testify of me. He'll remind you of the things I've accomplished. He'll remind you of the great salvation you possess. He'll walk with you. He'll abide with you, giving you strength, giving you compassion, giving you grace for each and every day. Number one, by the Spirit. Secondly, God says, I'll comfort you by My Word. Let's look at Romans 15, 4 and 5. Romans 15, 4 and 5. And look how he says this. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance, and now here, this word encouragement, if you've got the New King James, it's going to say comfort to teach us. The Word of God is going to teach us, but not just teach us, but also through endurance and the comfort or the encouragement of the Scripture, it gives us hope. Does that next one say May the God who gives endurance and comfort or encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves uh, as you follow the Lord. Now, it's important, friend. That's why it's so important to memorize the Word of God. To to, to commit it to memory. It's because it's the Word of God that the Holy Spirit will bring to our memory to remind us of His love, to remind us of His grace, to remind us of His promises. Fill your heart and mind with the Word of God. Make it personal. When you see a promise in there, put your name in there. God's speaking to you. That Bible, God's love letter to you is talking to you. You claim the promise. You can have the peace that passes understanding. You can know the perfect cleansing of God's forgiveness. You can know the rest that comes from abiding under the yoke of the Lord Jesus. And on and on. Fill your heart and mind with the Word of God. And if we'll put it in, the Holy Spirit can stir it up when we need it. And again, He can remind us and He can use it to minister to us. You know, sometimes people, when they're young in the Lord or they don't like to read, they, they kind of look at the Bible as like a chore. And they don't realize, oh man, this is one of the greatest instruments that God has given us to minister to us. 
He's not going to give us a pop quiz every other day. He says, no, but if you'll read it with an open heart, I'll speak to you. And I'll let these words leap off the page and minister to you. And the Holy Spirit who wrote this will take it and write it on your heart and press it in all my hallelujah. You see, there's great, great encouragement and comfort that comes as we allow the Word of God to minister to us. The promises, the the, the, um, encouragements, the descriptions, the stories. God's Word communicates God's heart. And that is a powerful, powerful source of comfort, of peace, of encouragement, of strength. Let the Word speak to you. Strengthen you. Remind you. Refresh you. Renew you. Take time with the Word. Hide it in your heart. And let the Holy Spirit use it to give you grace and strength as you walk through life. How does God, how does God, how does He comfort us? By His Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. By His Word. How about this? By His people. By His people. And this is important. So I have a story of that little girl that she went to bed and it was a summer night and one of those um, thunderstorms, those sudden loud thunderstorms came through and of course she was scared and she yelled down, Daddy, I'm scared! And I don't know, maybe he was watching Sports Center or something, didn't feel like getting up and so he just yelled up the stairs, That's alright, honey! You don't gotta be scared! Jesus is with you! She yelled back down, I know he's with me, but sometimes I like something with skin when I'm really scared. (laughs) You know that's Bible? Do you know that's biblical? I'm going to get back to Paul. I love Paul. Paul's a hero. Paul's a man. I mean, Paul's the man's man, okay? Isn't that right? I mean, he just, I mean, he's shipwrecked. He can't, can't, can't keep that good man down, all right? Forget it. He's getting ready to get his head chopped off. He's still writing Bible, still making disciples. I mean, he's just forget it. He's just something else. But there's a certain scripture I stumbled across years ago, and it just, wow. And it speaks about the very point that not only does God comfort us through his spirit, through his word, but the importance of God flowing through his people to comfort one another. If you would, 2 Corinthians 7, 5 and 6. 2 Corinthians 7, 5 and 6. You're going to see even the great Apostle Paul confesses, I I needed a visit. I was greatly helped not just by your prayers, but by your presence. Because we know we help each other with our prayers. Paul said that later on in the first chapter, verse 11, by your prayers. We read that. But now he says, not just your your, your prayers, but your presence. This, 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 This blows me. This is Paul. This is Paul. For when we came into Macedonia, this body of ours had no rest. We were harassed on every turn. Conflicts on the out, fears within. Have you ever been there? Amen? All right, outside, everything's a bad report. Inside, if you're honest, there's some anxiety. There's some apprehension. All right, all right. And here's the great Apostle Paul. All right, Paul just claimed the Word. All right, Paul just praying in tongues. Well, that works. Amen? And that's one way God does it. But I don't. if that's the only way you think God does it, you'd be limiting yourself. Now, look at what Paul says here. But God... Who comforts the downcast. God is the God that comforts us. He comforts us because He loves us. He comforts us because He knows if we're going to live this life for Jesus as we ought, life will demand it of us. Amen? He does it through His Spirit. He does it through His Word. He does it through... But God who comforts us, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Wow. You, you mean, here's Paul the general. And Titus is a little, one of the youth pastors. You, you mean... That great man of God is giving testimony and thanks and actually being humble enough to say, you know what? 
I went through some things. And though I've seen Jesus face to face in visions, God's used me to raise the dead. I've got to be honest with you. I just at my wit's end. I was just ready to collapse. But God came to my rescue and God comforted me. How did God do it? Did He give you a vision? No. Did He give you a prophetic word? No. He sent just a young brother to come. Sometimes it's a prayer, but sometimes it's a visit. It's a card. It's a call. It's a, hey, how about if I take you out to lunch? Come on, say amen. And this is how God flows through His people. So when we get done today and we pray for those that need comfort, there's one way you receive it as we pray one for another. But we also have to ask ourselves, Lord, is there someone in my life you want me to be a comforter to? Lord, if this is one way that you flow, before raising the dead, how about if I can just comfort a hurting brother or sister that's just going through a stretch that's pressure-filled and conflict-filled? Are you getting me? But God who comforts the downcast. He doesn't reject the downcast. He doesn't overlook the downcast. He doesn't say, come on, pull yourself up by your boots. No, 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 no. But God who comforts the downcast. Paul says, I was one of them. I was downcast. I know the Scripture. I had the five books. Paul, he had the five books of the Bible memorized from the time he was a child. He, he had all that. He's seen the power. He's seen lives. He's seen people raised from the dead. Paul, I was downcast. Sometimes we all get downcast. Remember, discouragement is no respecter of persons. Amen? And God didn't choose to minister through His Spirit the way He does often. Didn't choose just to give me a Scripture. He chose to send a young brother to stand with me, to put His arm around me, to remind me He was with me, to speak a word of kindness and encouragement to me. Oh, maybe we can be Titus's. Maybe not. A, I mean, the, the, the Pauls are very rare. Amen. I'd like to be a Paul, but who can be a Paul? Amen. I can be a Titus. I can be a Titus. Amen. Maybe I'll never raise the dead, but boy, I can be a Titus. Amen. Maybe, maybe he'll never let me build. I can be a Titus. You say, you can be a Titus. You can say, Lord, I, I, you want to comfort the downcast. Use me to comfort the downcast. Amen. You visit the widow. You take them out. You take them out for a, a meal. You offered, I'm going to get your groceries for you this week. There's many, many ways that if we allow the Lord to lead us, we can be His vessel. The God of all comfort comforts through His people. What a privilege it is to be used of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't that good? God is so good. God is so good. How many times have you gotten a note and it just made your day? How many times it was a compliment and, and you know, not that you need to be stroked every other day, but it just came at the right time. Would you could use just a, just a little encouragement. Amen? Hallelujah. Man, we've all done it. There's been times you never listen to that guy on the radio. He got in the car, someone messed with the buttons, it was on the station you don't even listen to, and you listen to the guy, and you normally wouldn't even listen to him. But in five minutes, he happened to be on a text that just ministered to your heart. And they say, Lord, I thank you for my brother. I probably wouldn't go across the street to hear him preach. He don't believe like I believe, but man, I'm thankful that you used him to lift me up and just to remind me uh, some promises to remind me of your faithfulness. Glory be to God forever. God comforts and God flows through His people. And even someone like the Apostle Paul needed this. And because again, sometimes we can't do a lot, but we can love and we can encourage and we can be there for someone. Author and lecturer Leo 
This fellow once told about a contest he was asked to judge. And the purpose of the contest was to find the most caring child. And the winner was a little four-year-old boy. His next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. And upon seeing the man in the backyard crying, the little boy went into the gentleman's yard, just climbed in his lap and just sat there. When he finally went back home, his mother had been watching out the window. She asked him well, what he had said to the neighbor. And the little boy said, nothing. I just helped him cry. I just helped him cry. Being a Titus. You know, sometimes I used to make jokes about it. It is kind of funny. It's precious and funny at the same time. I've seen some, we go to the hospital to visit someone. And you go to the waiting room and you think it's a family reunion. There's so many have come out just to say, we're loving you. We're here for you. We're standing with you. You're not alone. If you need something, that's being a Titus. That's allowing God to flow through us to comfort. Amen? We don't need to know Greek or Hebrew. We just have to be willing to show the kindness and love of God to lift someone else up. And that's so important here. All right, let me just close this up now. God comforts His people. And the comfort that God offers you and I is sufficient and adequate. Just follow with me and I'll walk it down just to cover it here. You see in, in verse in verse 5, it's adequate. Just as the sufferings of Christ flow into our lives, so also through Jesus, our comfort, it overflows. It, it's abundant. King James, abounds. So God says, listen, my comfort for your life is more than adequate to meet the need. You have the resources to face whatever life throws at you. Number two, not only is this comfort that God gives you and I, not only is it adequate for whatever the case, it's productive because it doesn't just get us through it. It works something within us. See in verse 6, if we're distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, <clears throat> it's for your comfort. Here it is, which produces. It's productive. God's comfort is productive. It produces in you, the person going through it, a patient and endurance. God says, I'll bring you through it. And while I'm keeping you, I'm strengthening you. And you can come out stronger than when you went in. It produces. And, and number three, God's comfort, it's available. It's available. We don't got to get a special word from the Lord to receive His comfort. We don't have to go to Bible school to get His comfort. You see that in verse 7. And our hope for you, our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, and we all share in sufferings in this world, don't we? We all share in pressures. So also, you share, you do share, you are sharing in our comfort. It's there, it's available, it's for you. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? <laughs> the God who raises the dead is sufficient for any difficulty of life. Now, we're going to close here. And as we open the altar, and um, three thoughts here, three thoughts. Our message was the God of all comfort who comforts us. What a beautiful promise. Well, what a great promise to know. Number one, don't, don't miss the comfort of salvation. That's the most important comfort there is, knowing that when you close your eyes here, you'll open them in glory. The most important comfort is knowing that Jesus has forgiven you and your life is right with God. And that's a comfort that you have to receive. God's done it. God's offered it. But you've got to receive it. So if you're here today and you're not a million percent sure that if you were dying right now, you'd go to heaven. 
If you're not sure if your life is living right and you're straying or something not right, don't leave till you make it right. The most important measure of comfort that we give God thanks for is the comfort of salvation. And we get that by receiving Jesus. There is no other way. But secondly, we're talking most of the believers and we're talking about the comfort that God gives us for the battles and the hardships of life. And if you're here today, one way we minister comfort is by praying one for another. So if you're going through it and you just need prayer, because you just need some comfort, some encouragement, some strength, I want to encourage you to come and let the brethren pray for you. They'll give you a word of encouragement. They'll give you a prayer of faith. And that'll help. That's part of the way God ministers. And then lastly, we read that God's comfort expresses itself through the Scripture, through the Spirit, but also through His people. So maybe all of us can say, Lord, is there someone in my life, is there someone in my my sphere that you want me to be a comforter to? Is there someone maybe you just want me to drop a card to, make a call to, and ride out to lunch, remind them that I love them and I'm praying for them. And I believe it's only right when we study the Word of God that we offer ourselves to respond to obey the Word of God. Amen? So as I pray our final prayer and we sing our final song, number one, if you have not received the comfort of salvation, things are not right, come and receive. Come and receive. Get the blessing of forgiveness. Let the condemnation, the guilt and shame go. But secondly, if you're going through it today and you need some encouragement, there's no shame in that. The Apostle Paul did. There's no shame in that. Come and let someone pray with you. Let someone give you a word of encouragement, a prayer of faith. And lastly, as we sing and worship, to say, Lord, show me. Is there someone in my life you want me to be a comforter to? Amen? Stand with me, please. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We love you so much, Lord. We thank you that you're a God of comfort, Father, mercy and compassion. We're so thankful, Lord, for the comfort we've received in our hearts when we said yes to Jesus. We thank you that when we come under that yoke, the burden's easy and the load is light. We found rest for our souls. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we can depend on your comforting power when we go through the storms of life. We don't have to be afraid of falling apart. We don't have to be afraid of becoming a shipwrecked, becoming a statistic. But we know that you give us the inner grace and strength we need to endure it, to prevail, to overcome. And Father, I ask you that you'll put strength in our hearts today. Strength to prevail. Strength to stay the course. Strength to stay faithful and firm. And now I ask you, Father, comfort the hearts of those that are going through it. Lord, you know every one of us. You know every family, every individual. Father, in the name of Jesus, please comfort the hearts of those that are going through it, Lord. They might be facing something this week. But Lord, give them that inner peace. Give them that inner strength. Give them that fresh awareness that you're with them and you're going before them and you're going to bring them through. Father, I pray, comfort the hearts of those that are going through it. Some are weary. It's been long. The battle's been long. Lord, they're weary. Fill them afresh. As they look to you, Lord, refresh them. 
Give them that endurance. And Lord, some just need refreshing because there's still a way to go. And until that time, let them receive an impartation this day to take them on that next lap. Father, in the name of Jesus, refresh Your people. Comfort their hearts. At this altered time, let Your power flow. Heal the hurting. Refresh the weary. Fill the thirsty. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, let's come and pray as we worship the Lord. If you need prayer, come. If you need to get things right with God, don't leave until you get them right with God. If you need encouragement, come. And let's go and pray with you and believe with you.